family, I'm so happy to announce the launch of my brand new premium podcast. It's called Ideas That Matter Plus. This is an exciting new development that we've been working on for some time. This after seeing a lot of you request coming through saying thank you for what we've done and wanting more. Ideas That Matter Plus is a more targeted podcast that focuses on business strategies and more high-level thinking to help highly ambitious entrepreneurs, SMEs, business owners and founders, even the CEOs of big business. It only costs 450 Rand per month and will be coming in, but I mean coming in hot. So, subscribe now to Ideas That Matter Plus, now available on Spotify or Apple Podcast Store. Sayonara. This podcast is proudly brought to you by My Growth Fund in partnership with Sound & Sounds Media. To have your podcast recorded, send an email to info at soundandsounds.co.za. That's I-N-F-O at S-O-U-N-D-A-N-D-S-O-U-N-D-S dot C-O dot Z-A. Hi, Vusi. This is Sepato here in Zimbabwe. One of the people is grateful that those podcasts exist. I, uh, they've kept me going from the very first podcast that I listened to. And they keep me going every day. I sometimes wish they were recorded every day. But from the Imagination podcast, I have, it got me thinking of the person I wanted to be before the world taught me who I was supposed to be. So yeah, it's really inspiring. I've learned a lot. Thank you. Stay blessed. It's time to take your seat at the table. Find out how with Vosi Tembeguayo as we discuss ideas that matter. A catalyst for bold action. Hello, family, and welcome to another episode of the VT Podcast, Ideas That Matter. I hope you've been well. I hope you've been kept. I hope you've been guarded and that your thoughts and prayers are guided in the right direction for all the dreams that you have. So, today, I want to talk to you about something that emanates, actually, out of an experience I very recently just had. So, I'm sitting in the boardroom. I want to leave some of the details, if you will allow me, as blank as possible. But I want you to get the essence of the story without necessarily the characters in the movie. So, I'm in the boardroom being propositioned about a particular business opportunity. And this was, even in the case of COVID, as we have it now, an actual physical boardroom meeting. And I'm sitting in the boardroom, and there are three people around this particular boardroom, all of them much older than I, presenting to me this amazing business opportunity and this thing they want me to get involved in. They believe that with my capital, my name and integrity, as well as character and reputation, we can take this business to the next level. They've actually done really, really well. If I look at the numbers of what they've been able to generate in that business over the recent past, they've not done badly for themselves. They've had better than average rates of growth in periods of market decline, which tells me they're eating their competitors' lunch. They're clawing market share. Very aggressive and they want to grow into the future. But even as this is happening, something doesn't quite fit. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever sat in a meeting or spoken to someone and something didn't quite fit? 
It's almost as if there was this turning in your stomach. The word we use for that is your gut feeling. Why gut and why feeling? Biologically, the gut is a place of digestion, so it's not as if there's senses in your gut that drive a neuroprocess. It's not there for the purpose of interpreting data. But what we mean, I think, when we say gut feeling is you have an instinct that comes from a place separate to the logical place of reaching conclusion, your brain. Typically, when we're presented with information, what it is we do is we put all the information in our brain, we run it through a logical process that we've been trained over a period of time, and the more of that we do, the better we get at the process, which means we can arrive at the conclusion faster. But the process is logical. It's often uh, scientific or mathematical. We start at one point, add the information up, subtract some of the information, multiply and divide, we equals, and we come to what's on the other end of the equal sign, the conclusion. It's a perfectly scientific, logical process. When we talk about gut, it means that separate to that, there is another place we go where we're accessing information to reach an often, this is the challenge, a separate bout of conclusion. So I'm sitting in this meeting and my gut just doesn't feel it. I said to the guys, thank you so much for the opportunity. I really, really appreciate it. Send me all the information. I'll have my DD team look at it. And indeed, I did. they sent me the information. I forwarded it to my due diligence guys. And I just, just look at this opportunity and let's see if it's something we should pursue. And even though the information came back sound, I've actually decided not to do the deal. Why? What is this gut feeling? Why did I feel that way? Now, I wonder how many of you have ever had a gut feeling. I imagine most actually listening to this. Have you ever been in a romantic relationship and you can just feel the other person check out? Yeah? You've been dating for a while and you can feel that they've left the room. They're not there anymore. They're just not interested. They say all the right things, but your gut feeling tells you different. For the parents in the conversation, you ever had your little one do something naughty? And they try to convince you that they didn't. Or even before you know what it is, you have a gut feeling. Here is then the scientific question. Is there a scientific base for this thing we call gut feeling? In his book, Republic, Plato tries to define intuition as a fundamental capacity of human reason to comprehend and listen to this, the true nature of reality. In his works, Mino and Phaedo, he describes intuition, and I think this is the most powerful description of intuition I've read in the research for this podcast. He describes intuition as a pre-existing knowledge residing in the soul of eternity, and a phenomenon by which one becomes conscious of pre-existing knowledge. He provides an example of mathematical truths and posits that they are not arrived at by reason, he argues that these truths are accessed using knowledge already present in a dormant form and accessible in our intuitive capacity. You can read more about his work, particularly that which was carried on by his intellectual successors known as the Neo-Platonists. So here's the question then. What is intuition? There is some scientific evidence to support this, but there is also deviation in the science community around what intuition actually comes from. 
What is thought, and most commonly accepted, is that early on in your life, you go through a series of experiences that create a bank of knowledge that your brain stores in the larger part of your cognitive ability, this thing called the subconscious brain. This is information beneath a thick layer that protects you from that which you recognize readily and able and act on it as information and data, and that which your brain recognizes, but then files it in the subconscious brain. So, for instance, right now, if you're sitting right next to the window, there might be a leaf that just fell because we're in autumn or just about to get into winter here in South Africa. There might be a bird that's been chirping. There might be ants on the floor. Your brain sees them, but doesn't really see them. Because what your brain has done is it's gone, well, it's happening, but it's not material right now. If you were to allow 100% of the things your eyes perceive to constantly bombard your senses, you just wouldn't be able to cope as a human being. So what your brain does, it creates this data bank of subconscious information and there stores all the other information. This is important because when your gut is saying something, what has become accepted as a normative science fact, even though there is still outstanding research to support this, is that actually what's happening is your conscious brain is breaking through that thick layer and goes into your subconscious brain, it pulls and references data that mirrors that moment and arrives at what is actually a logical conclusion. But because it's in the subconscious brain, it feels to you like instinctive, and so you call it my gut feeling. See, if you were to reason it out, that partner, for instance, who's long left the relationship, there'd be red flags, there'd be a change of behavior, a change of even simple things like tone, a change of how they call you. They might have gone from baby to baby. And just that small change in tone now all of a sudden adjusts to your gut. It doesn't feel the same. They might have gone from a I love you to I love you. Or, me too. <laughs> Have you ever been dating someone and you say, I love you? They go, yeah, me too. <laughs> but you get it, right? Like, there is a simple shift, a small little change. It happens first, and then your brain recognizes it, but your brain doesn't know logically how to file it. And so you start going to your friends and going, I don't feel this girl anymore. There's something wrong there. There's a, a disconnect. And you say, it's my gut feeling. What it is, is your brain has gone into the subconscious. It's referenced that tone, that temperament, that um, intonation, beautiful word, that intonation in text, speech, and sound. And it's pulled it and gone, I remember hearing somebody say, I love you just like this. Or call me baby just like this. It was just before we broke up or they broke up with me. Then, therefore, they're about to break up. And it sends all of that information literally in splits of a split of a second through the thick layer back into your conscious brain. And you can't reason for it. So you go, I have a gut feeling. Yeah? It feels gut. It's actually not. It's scientific. So... Here's what I'd like for you to try this week.
Would you try for me the following? Try to have your actions regulated by your gut feeling, not logical reasoning. I often, when I muse to myself, talk about the gut feeling as the God in me. That little underlying voice that says, mm, don't do this. Something's not right with this guy. Something's not right with this conversation. Be careful. There's something going on here. There is a particular set of meetings I've been having very recently, and the person with whom I've been meeting is very, uh, what's the word, off-center. I can't describe it yet, but there is something about this particular person that leaves me unsettled. It leaves me um, jolted, yeah, almost in conflict with myself. It's not what they're saying. What they're saying sounds logical and structured and reasonable. But there's just something that doesn't quite click. It doesn't quite fit. And I've not yet been in the space to jump to the conclusion about why it is, but I know the following. There is something in either their presentation, how they sit, how they talk, how they walk, how they use language that's triggering in my subconscious brain a cautionary note. I've seen that before. I've dealt with this character. This, by the way, is why so many of us get into what are called repetitive relationships. Do you know that the probability of a person getting into an abusive relationship once they've been in one multiplies in an order of magnitude from the first to the second to the third? Once you've been in your first abusive relationship and you stomach it, you stand for it, you create a narrative and a languaging in your brain that says this is how love is manifest, you're constantly going to find people that abuse you. And I wonder, do you find them or do you look for them? In other words, do you find them just because of where you are or do you actively seek them out because of how you read love? I think a lot of us actually actively seek out toxic things because in our brain, we have justified them. And so if you've ever had a business partner that's cheated you, the probability that you're going to find another one that does is higher than not. If you've ever been in a relationship where you're not appreciated, the probability that your next one is going to be the same is higher than not. Because you adjusted your body for it, you adjusted your senses for it, you even adjusted by how you justified their actions, you now go into the world expecting that that's how love is manifest. It's only love if it's an abusive relationship, whether it's physically abusive, mentally abusive, psychologically abusive, financially abusive, but that's when it is love. Yeah? It's only love if it looks a certain way and feels a certain way. And because human beings love familiarity, can you believe that even if the thing to which we are familiar is toxic, we will look for it anyway? And so this is often why they talk about how men and women will marry their mothers and fathers. It's because it is familiar. We've got ourselves convinced that it's not, but it actually is. It's familiar to us. It's how we recognize the other and how we apportion how they feel about us. It's true, too, for how we approach the world and how we 
do vision boards and how we do planning for our own lives. We do those things on the base of what is and feels familiar. So, what is that one thing you've wanted to do? That you know you have the intellectual, physical, mental, creative capacity to do, but you dare not. And for some other strange reason, you're always constantly getting hamstrung on your way to progress. In the middle of a course, you drop out. Just as the business gets difficult, you stop, you stop chasing that business, you stop pursuing it. Just as the relationship gets interesting, you find a reason to exit the relationship. Yeah, you want to move to a different place, a different city, a different country. And every time, just as you're about to get that breakthrough, for whatever reason, you default to factory setting. You go back to what is familiar. It's your gut feeling. It's because it feels scary. And it feels scary because your subconscious brain doesn't have a reference for it. This is often why in treating this, one of the things that's recommended is change your environment. So if you've been training at the same gym for the past year and you're not getting results, change the gym, change the personal trainer, even change the times you are training. That's a great way if you start shifting the time, the way the body experiences the real world, it actually fundamentally affects your mental space and how you are thinking about yourself. One of the things I often recommend to my own team is change the desk that you sit in. And this is proven theory, right? There are companies now that no longer have fixed desks. You get whatever desk you want to sit in, depending on what time you arrive at the office. Why? Because if you're changing the space in which you're sitting, consciously, you're forced to be more present in where you are. It's so unfamiliar that the body has to be present in the moment. One of the best ways, for instance, to do physical exercise now is combat sports. Why? Because, you know, your brain can wander when you're on the treadmill. It can't when you're in the boxing ring. If your brain wanders in the middle of a boxing ring, you're going to take a big punch to the nose because you're not paying attention. So being present, being in that moment, and being resident in your thoughts as they are. Back to this conversation about the gut feeling. I have a feeling that you have a feeling about some of the things I've spoken about today. I have a feeling that there are some moments where you went, mm, yep, absolutely. I can recognize the patterns. I can see them repeat themselves in our lives. So, something for you to try this week, try and recognize them. Because you cannot redo what you're not willing to acknowledge. You can't change what you pretend doesn't exist. You cannot remake the makeup of your gut feeling unless you acknowledge that it's there in the first place. That's our episode for this week, friends. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please feel free to send us your testimonials. We love hearing, especially your audio testimonials. The team here really, really enjoys hearing from you. From me, Vosit Tembugwai. Sayonara. We hope that you've drawn valuable lessons from this week's podcast. To partner with us, visit mygrowthfund.co.za or email info at mygrowthfund.co.za.